As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. The sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. What's up, Broncos country? Kev Dan here, and welcome to another episode of the post-game podcast from Orange Weekly. Tanner and I are here tonight to break down the disappointing but also mostly expected weird loss against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Lots of things happened 24 hours prior to the game, and there's a lot to talk about both in the game and everything surrounding the uh, game itself. So sit back, relax, kick back. And if you haven't uh, done so already, grab that drink because you're going to need it for this uh, podcast. But Tanner and I are going to keep it fun and we're glad you're here. So welcome to another Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News. What's up, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Kev Dan here. It's a recap of very forgettable, yet unforgettable Broncos game, if that makes sense. Uh, it does. It does. I don't know why, but it does. Kev Dan, 2020, <laughs> we've seen a bunch of crazy things. We've done some interesting post-game podcasts. This one's by far the strangest one we've ever done. The reason for that is there's so much controversy and just weird situations. And I have some tweets from uh, like Benjamin Albright and some other people that mm-hmm. make you really scratch your head as to what what's going on in the NFL. Like what what protocols are they following? Do, do they have a protocol for each team? Like the time of day, where the moon is in the sky, is Jupiter lining up with Venus? And in which case, (laughs) like, you know, so we can get into all of that. But I mean, the game itself, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. But I think a lot of people are focusing on the the events leading up to the game as and why that game was even played to begin with. Yeah, it's uh, and like you said there, like what what are the standard protocols? It just seems to change week to week, team to team. Um, I mean, the NFL's done a good job. I will say they haven't had to cancel any games to date. That's been pretty remarkable. They've had, of course, of course, postpone some and everything, move them to later date, shift things around. But this whole ordeal in the last 24 hours was just a mess, just oh. an absolute mess. And I've never seen a team put mm-hmm. to such a disadvantage going into a game than this one. That's why I thought the game should be pushed back till Tuesday. Um, the Broncos have already been screwed over. Yeah. You know, earlier in the season, the other teams, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Patriots. Was it my, yeah. Yeah. Patriots. They have a COVID case. A, a was it Cam Newton himself? Cam and maybe, only? maybe Cam and Gilmore, I think. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But we had our bye week pushed up to week four to accommodate Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. 
And here we are a little bit down the ways, and we have our entire quarterback's room completely out of, uh, you know, inoperative this weekend. And the NFL's like, nah, nah, you'll be fine. Just go. You have you have somebody that worked in J.C. Penney's last month, right? Yeah, mostly wide receiver, but he played quarterback like years ago. You'll mm-hmm. be fine. He only needs like 24 hours notice. That's all you need. Go yeah. do it. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, they're very, they're very lucky that um, Kendall didn't get himself hurt. That was um, my big concern. That was my real big concern. And whenever they dialed up a, a long pass down the field, like, what are you doing? You are asking for mm-hmm. something majorly wrong to go to, to happen, whether it's a, a pick or, you know, the offensive line can only hold them for so long. Yep. And before you know it, Kendall's going to get hit real hard and get yep. real hurt. I mean, Cam Jordan put him on his ass two or three times. Um, yep. And I'm not going to say anything bad about uh, about Kendall Hinton. Mm-mm, I mean, mm-mm, he – I think he gained fans in all of Broncos country. I mean, that kid, that was a courageous effort out there today. I mean, that, that was impossible. Absolutely impossible what he was being asked to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you said, he was a quarterback for a little bit at Wake Forest, but he's more of a wide receiver. That's what he signed to be to our practice squad. And within a little under 24 hours, and notice, like, hey, kid, we need you to go out tomorrow and – Start not only play, not only make your NFL debut, but start under center and be a quarterback. So surprise, yeah. So I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm no. not gonna talk bad about him at all. I mean, he was thrown into the wolves. I didn't expect much. I mean, I will. I thought we might complete more passes than one, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, going back to the, the NFL, it's like. You know, and, or do you want to go ahead and read, read some of those tweets? Maybe, maybe that will kind of feed into what I what I want to say here. Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm assuming everybody's listening has knows the background of, of the events that happened, but essentially, there was uh, some video that was sent to the NFL from the Broncos. They were very upfront. They weren't trying to hide anything. Um, in which all the quarterbacks were in some sort. I haven't seen the video ourselves. It's not out there publicly yet, but Benjamin Albright was talking about this. And um, there, there was a moment or a small period of time in which all four quarterbacks were in a room together, socially distanced. Uh, they had their masks on. Let's see. He, they say the QBs had masks. The QBs were socially distant. They lowered the masks to eat and communicate. But the, uh, so what, it's the same thing you see on the sidelines. People mm-hmm. pull their masks down to communicate, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so again, it, it's, it's interesting to see what, uh, I hope we get to see what this video actually shows, but looking at here, if you're, if you're eating and if you're communicating and you're six feet apart, like that, <laughs> What more are you supposed to do? Eat through your mask? Exactly. Scream Um, across the room? Like, I'm interested to see. I I still want to see some more come out about this because, like you said, Benjamin Albright, who who, he's a fantastic reporter, so I I have no reason to doubt what he's saying. And Mike Cliss even kind of reported something similar to him. But besides those two accounts, I didn't see that anywhere else. The main everybody else was making it seem like they were meeting in a room and the whole time they didn't have masks on. Mm-hmm. And Vic Fangio after the game, did you did you catch any of his comments post game? I do. I have them right here, actually. Which 
he he took a dig at the quarterbacks. And I don't agree with this. He says, I was disappointed on several level levels that our QBs put us in that position, that our QBs put the league in that position. We count on them to be the leaders of our team, the leaders of our offense, and those guys made a mistake. I haven't done a good enough job of selling the protocols to them when they're on their own. That's on me. Okay. I see what the coach is trying to do there. Look, you know, I get what the QBs did, but this is really my fault at the end of the day. Um, but alternatively, you have they, – they've all tested negative multiple times. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, you had a locker room of New Orleans Saints players celebrating after a win. None of them have masks on. None of them are socially distanced. And you consider that not to be high risk. Whereas in this situation, just a couple weeks later, it's four or five of them in a room with a mask down temporarily. Nobody's testing positive whatsoever. And now you're saying that all four players are, you know, ineligible to play. Oh, and then, by the way, you, Denver Broncos, still have to play tomorrow with no no quarterbacks. And so what I'm seeing is inconsistencies across the board and – I'm looking at this right now saying the NFL set a new precedent. There's no reason for them to cancel or uh, postpone any game at all for the rest of the season. Yeah, and the NFL's the kind of statements or, or backing I've seen is they're saying that the games they've postponed is when there's been multiple cases in multiple like outbreak scenarios, whereas the Broncos was contained in one position. You know, but in my in my opinion, it was more the NFL saying we're going to make a statement out of what you guys did. That, that's my opinion. I mean, they, they kind of said you broke the rules, but okay. you only had, you know, one case, your position, you guys have and, to play tomorrow. Okay. But that yeah. better be, that better be the sticking point going forward for everybody. That's the thing. And so, you know, I haven't read what the NFL officially said yet, mm-hmm. but based off what you're saying, I could completely understand that that's, a, that's what the NFL would say. My retort to that would be the locker room full of New Orleans Saints players weeks ago, clearly not worried about anything whatsoever as they're dancing in the locker room, no math. So wait, 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 wait. There were no outbreaks then at any point. Correct. So so I guess it's it's the same thing of are you going to start being consistent across the board? So, you know. It's it, probably too late to be consistent, it is. unfortunately. It is. But that's the thing. It's like this has been going on for what nine, ten months now, and we're still not. Yep. They still haven't figured anything out. Like, yep. I, I get that this is changing every day. I work in HR. I deal with it every day. Things sure. are constantly changing. But it's just so it's so frustrating to see that. And I'm not trying to say that the NFL is picking on the Broncos. Oh, the NFL doesn't like us, right? Now. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. It's just it's so frustrating to see them put this team in a in a bad situation. Yeah, should the quarterbacks have had their masks down, even though they were six feet? And this is getting into a whole COVID discussion that I don't think we want to delve yeah. too, too deep into. But the bottom of the day is, or the end of the day, the bottom line is, when are you going to, like, here, here are the situations, here are the rules and regulations, and here are the situations in which we are going to uh, either say, if there's an illness or a situation, the game is still going to go on. And here's a situation in which the game is going to uh, be postponed because mm-hmm. right now there is no consistency across no. the board, none whatsoever. No. And I think that's what has a lot of fans so upset is it's not just you're picking on the Broncos. It's 
well, hold on. You got one quarterback over here that is test positive or whatever, and you delay the whole game for him. But now we're, we have zero quarterbacks and you make us play. What's, where's the, you know, equality? Where, where's the even line between all of this? Anyway. Yeah. Part, part of me wants to complain and say, well, if the Broncos were a little better or had a player like a Lamar Jackson or a, a you know, more marketable face, right. then they wouldn't have been put in this position. But the the realist in me really wants to say, well, if the Broncos had a legit owner right yeah. now, this wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yep. It's just unfortunate. Hundred percent. I, I you better believe that Mr. Bowen would not have allowed that exactly. to happen. Exactly. You they're know? just taking you know, I'm trying not to whine and complain, but it feels like they're just taking getting take advantage of because of the situation they're in right now from top on down. Yeah. And maybe I don't know if it's complaining. I think this is a demonstration of the ownership issue we have talked about mm-hmm. for years now here at Orange Weekly and mm-hmm. many, many, many other places. In fact, everywhere has mentioned this at one point or another, right? But we've been talking at nauseum about how this team won't fundamentally change for the better until we get an owner. No. And this is the exact, exact reason. This is the prime example of what we're talking about here. You know, it's not that we're being picked on. It's there's no one to stand up for us. The trust, the NFL doesn't have to listen to a trust. The NFL really, I mean, they work with owners, but technically they don't give a crap what a trust says. You mm-hmm. know, the Broncos have no owner. They have no voice. Mm-hmm. You know, John Elway can do whatever he wants, but he's just a general manager. Yep. And Joe Ellis, the president. Yeah. And so who cares? You know, we don't care. You're not, an, you're not an owner. You don't really have a say in things. Yep. Get out of here. <laughs> it, it, it's unfortunate. It's, it's a situation that really needs to resolve itself quicker than um, quicker than it probably will. I know it's going to take some yeah. time, but it's the sooner the better because I don't oh, – hopefully another COVID situation doesn't come up like this, but other situations might come up to where the Broncos get screwed over by not having a legitimate owner. So. Yep. Oh, yeah. But very frustrating to be put in that position going into today's game. You know, 16.5-point spread going in. Like we said, a quarterback who's not a quarterback under center against not only a team, one of the best teams in the league, the Saints, and who have found their defensive groove the past few weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I knew that it was going to be a tall task, 31 to 3 results. Um, but, but I thought the guys fought hard. I did. They I was did. proud of the effort they gave, particularly on defense. I thought they fought real hard, um, played as bad as well as they could in the first half. Second half, they broke a little bit, but that was very understandable given mm-hmm. the position they're in. But uh, it's just frustrating because now, you know, if, if we had our quarterbacks or at least one, I, I don't care, even if it was Bortles, that <laughs> would have given us a better shot with his experience. Yeah. Um, you know, may, maybe we find a way to sneak out a win and get to five and six, but now we're four and seven. And with traveling to Kansas City next week, I mean, it's just the playoff hopes are just shrinking right. further and further. Right, exactly. There, and this is, I guess, where we get to the actual game itself. Versus, you know, we've talked about all the crap surrounding the game, yeah. right? Um, Andrew Locke did make a statement before the game too. He yeah. kind of fell on the sword. I felt like he kind of felt like he had to come out and say something as the the face of the of the offense. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's what you would expect from a leader, yeah, right? That was a, that um, was a, a very appropriate statement. It was classy. Yep. Class yep. It was, it was definitely PR. Uh, yeah. PR looked over that one to help them. With exactly. That one, so. Bottom line. I, I don't, until I see evidence that they've actually done something wrong. I don't know, but we'll move yep. on past this. Yep. yep. Um, looking at the game itself. 
man, uh, the, I couldn't have asked for many more for the defense. You know, th- no. this is a game, and this is this was such a weird game in so many ways. You know, not just on the Broncos side of the ball, but uh, the Saints starting at tight end as their yeah, quarterback. Yeah, Hill. Yep. You know, uh, and yeah, he had he played last week too, so he got same experience. He practiced yeah. all week, right? Yeah. Um, but still, you knew that they were going to be relying on the run game just as much, if not as much as we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, we're so beat up on that defensive line. We don't have Shelby Harris. We don't have some of these other big names, right? And, and even then, like our defense has been doing well, but it, it just it, it was a continual grind, mm-hmm. you know. Even when the the defense was making us, they were making stops. It took a long time to make that stop. Yeah. So they're out there, you know on their own for a long time. Then the offense came out, had a three and out or whatever. It just, it just, it snowballed on them. And this is a game where a couple little mistakes, which normally would be just a little mistake, like a bad snap in this kind of game. It's a terrible, terrible mistake to make. Or encroachment on fourth and one. Yep. Draymond Jones that right there. It felt like that's going to be the difference in the game. I was already thinking that in my head, even though zero, zero is just like for the Broncos to win this game, they had to play. Absolutely perfect across mm-hmm. the board, and just little things like that, like you said, and then the then the the botch snap from him, Cushionberry to Phil Lindsay that the Saints recovered. It was like at that point, I pretty much tweeted, "Well, that'll probably do it," because <sighs> it was already seven zip. I'm like, if they get up ten zip, at least ten zip, if not fourteen zip, I don't see the Broncos because at that point, the Broncos hadn't even been across midfield yet. Yeah, so. Just frustrating going to a game like this. I mean, I, I ended up watching the whole thing. There was one point I'm like, I don't know how much more of this I can watch because it was just it was just painful because I felt so bad for the guys that were put in this position. Yeah. yeah. Um and I was just pissed off at the NFL in general. I'm like, I just want to turn this off, but being the loyal fan I am and yeah. and and trying to back the guys, I, I didn't do it. So no, I, I definitely ranked this game up there near uh Super Bowl forty eight uh mm-hmm. when I was deployed and we were watching this game at four AM after flying all night long the night before. Mm. Um, and we could only have uh, three drinks out there at a time, you know, like within a 24 hour period. So before the game, I said, I'm going to save my three drinks to either drown my tears in or celebrate at the end of the game. I'm glad I saved it for uh, my tears. Uh, But yeah, that was a game I sat in or sat out there with all by the end of the game. I was one of like maybe three or four orange jerseys left. All the other Bronco quote unquote mm-hmm. fans were like, Oh, I'm gonna go watch the game, you know, the rest of the game in my room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get yeah, out sure of here, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure you are. Um, but yeah, so this was this reminded me of that. We're just like, this fourth quarter will not end. Can we yes. tap out? It's exactly how I felt, obviously not in a Super Bowl way, but still just like this is so painful. Like oh, it was. Ugh, it was mercy rule tap out we're done <laughs> it was you know and, and we watched some painful games back in the tebow era but somehow yeah. they would wake up in the fourth quarter and win yeah um this was just on a whole nother level and yeah. it was just interesting because it was it was a headline game around the nfl just because of the circumstances surrounding the game yeah um i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see how the team responds next week um hopefully they're fired up and, so, and ticked off, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the big things is looking to see how bad Philip or um, Lindsay's injury yeah. is. Somebody else was injured too. I can't remember. Bryce Callahan's foot Bryce yet Callahan. again, which is concerning because it's his foot. Ah. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, I'm I'm almost hoping that 
those were, you know, Ooh, I don't know if that feels right. And they're like, you know what? Just sit down. Yeah. It's yeah. not worth it. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to go out there the rest mm-hmm. of the game. You know, at this point, it's not worth mm-hmm. getting injured over. I will so I'm say hoping it's like that. One positive on offense. And it's weird. Yeah, I'm going to take say a positive on offense. No, no. One, one uh, thing, yeah. I thought Royce Freeman did pretty good at the Wildcat. Even Lindsay at times to where even when Locke, which is hopefully this week, comes back, I wouldn't mind them uh, snap once in a while being in a Wildcat formation, particularly in the red zone. Just yeah. a different look. I don't know. Get a little more creative. Yeah, I mean, even exactly. some of those reverses, I like the call. The execution mm-hmm. was terrible, but it's like, right. I, I, I thought Shermer was all right with the creativity today, which he was going to have to be. But, um, but besides that, I, I can't really say anything positive about the offense. So. This is where maybe I might disagree with you a little bit. Okay. In the first quarter, all of that seemed creative. Mm-hmm. From the second quarter on, when Philip Lindsay or whoever lined up in the wildcat formation, it mm-hmm. was a run up the middle or run on yeah, the that's inside. That's a good point. Every single time. Every yeah. single time. And so the creativity died down. At first they're like, oh, what is this? Like we're trying to figure out. And then they're like, oh, we're just going to stack the box because yeah. we know they're going to, oh, look, they ran up the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I, I would have liked to see some, you know, look, just put uh, um, uh, Kendall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunt. Oh, see, I already forgot his name. This is terrible. Kendall Hinton. Hinton. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll put him under center and hand off the uh, the ball to the running back in the backfield. Yep. Have him run to the sides. Yep. You know, obviously you don't have a passing game going, so you can't do any. You know, mm-hmm. um, run pass options, RPOs there. But you know, make it a little bit normal in that regard. All you have to do is hand off the ball. But when you line up in that wild car or wild wildcat, you know it's going to be run up the middle and. I was like, come on, can you do a little bit more with it to throw them off, you know, throw the defense mm-hmm. a little bit? But it, at that point, maybe it was just a little too late to even care about. So I don't know. My complaint was the lack of screens. I mean, that was the one completion was a yeah. screen to Fant that got a first down. I was like, yeah, I, I think we could have done a few more of those maybe. Maybe he could have completed those and got a little confidence going, and, and that seemed like an easy play we could have ran. But I don't know. Um and maybe a quick slants once in a while. It, it seemed like it seemed like the throws were just all downfield. Maybe that was more him getting under duress, some pressure, and having to roll out and just chucking it up. I, I don't really know, but uh, yeah, just uh, it's kind of like a car wreck. You uh, it, wanted to look away, but you couldn't. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, though. Yeah. I'm not a coach. I've never been a coach. I don't know what mm-hmm. it's like to coach in the NFL. I'm sure David and Matt can give their perspectives when I talk to them about this tomorrow night or uh, Monday, uh, yeah, Tuesday night, <laughs> Bourbon Broncos, no BS Tuesdays at 7 PM uh, mountain time here at orange weekly. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up to them. You know, I get that there was only a 24 hour notice between, mm-hmm. Hey, you're starting tomorrow and kickoff. Uh, maybe even less than that. 22, 20 hours, you know? Um, but I'd almost think that having those kinds of things that you're talking about, just simple slants, simple screens, you know, you're not asking to throw the ball 30 yards down no. the field. You're just like, here's, here's a lateral, like here's just, you know, dump the ball off and then let the play formulate and, and get the, get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, let the play form and and move the ball down the field that way versus trying to push it through a deep pass or something. So I just thought that I can see how, that very, very, very simple, simple and very predictable play calling um, made sense for the situation. But also, I would think, not being a coach, that it would also be easy to have those simple kind of plays that you're talking about ready to go that 
anybody with quarterback experience can go in and say, yeah, I'm just going to dump off the ball to my right. It's going to be a yeah. screen. They're going to take care of that on that side of the field. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see Jerry Judy try to get the ball in the backfield a little bit or, you know, a screen never mm-hmm. touched the ball today. So um, I, I, I did hear on the post game that Hinton said that they cut the playbook back to somewhere between 20 to 30 plays. Mm. For for today, which is understandable. I That's mean, the guy doesn't know the offense, or at least from a quarterback standpoint, doesn't know the offense. Right. Um, but uh, on the flip side of the ball in defense, there was a couple guys I thought play, and the defense as a whole played hard. But there was a couple yeah. guys I thought really stood out. Malik Reed continuing to have a fabulous season for an undrafted guy. Um, was what getting good beast. pressure. And Demarcus Walker, he's had a couple games in a row now that he's really putting putting together something. So uh, yeah. nice to see those guys getting some. Uh, Pressure on Tyson Hill, um, but uh, Bradley Chubb had a sack as well. Yeah, Bradley. Yep. I mean, we got some pressure, which was nice to see. Yeah. Because we are missing, uh, you know, Drew Casey, who's been out pretty much the whole year. Shelby Harris. Mm-hmm. Which, what's going on with him? I know he had like a uh, COVID situation, but I thought he'd be back by now. I asked Jason about that. Um, the Monday night Orange Weekly After Dark host. Uh, yeah. Nine p.m. Mountain Time for everybody out there. Um. And yeah, it's got to be like the last week of COVID because I know he tested. Pop- First, it was like because he quarantine. missed the Atlanta game, which was like three weeks ago. Yeah, and I think that's because he was exposed, and then okay. after that, he tested positive, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, oh, okay. And so now they're doing the full two weeks after the the positive test date. And again, the NFL's rules probably have changed oh. between now and when we started this podcast. <laughs> so who knows what's going on, but True. Um, I think that's the, that's the case. And I don't see why he wouldn't be back next week. It's yeah, fully tied to COVID is there's no injury or anything mm-hmm. there. So, but we're definitely yeah. missing them. Um, speaking of Shelby though, we, there was some other Broncos news that happened uh, yesterday. Yeah. Some good news. Yeah. Uh, number 72, Garrett Bowles, four year contract extension. Well-deserved. You know, I know we've gave him a lot of shit in the last few years, and he yep. was deservingly so, but he's been great this year. I'm excited to see what he can do in the next four years. And really, I thought it was a pretty good price. I mean, he will mm-hmm. be the fourth highest paid left tackle now, but I really thought he might be in the top three. Um, mm-hmm. But now that's my next question. What's this going to mean for Justin Simmons and Shelby Harris? Um, You know, Simmons got to get paid. Yeah. I think that if we didn't sign Garrett Bowles during the season, if we wait till the off season, he was going to be offered top mm-hmm. tackle money, mm-hmm. you know, that we couldn't compete with. So locking him up now is great. It gives us some, some maneuverability in the off season with, in terms of our own uh, <clears throat> contracts. We got to take care of Justin Simmons. Look, you got to pay the guy. Yep. If you keep franchise tagging him, all you're going to do is piss him off. Yep. You know, this is a guy that's done a ton for you and your team, done a ton for Broncos country. I'm taking from the viewpoint of John Elway, I guess, in my wording. <laughs> Somebody mm-hmm. who's done a lot for Broncos country, who's a phenomenal player, you got to pay him, yep. period, at the end. If you want a franchise tag, you know, Shelby Harris went out looking last year, didn't get any good bites, but he's had another phenomenal year. So I would imagine that at some point, somebody's going to offer him some money. Save the franchise tag for somebody else, you know, maybe Shelby Harris, but at the bottom line, at the end of the day, you got to pay Simmons. I think they're, they'll find a way to keep Simmons around, but I hate to say, I think Shelby Harris will be in a different uniform next year. What about uh, Philip Lindsay's who, who is a restric- restricted free agent? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Cause they still have Gordon for one more year on his deal. He's not yeah. going anywhere. He's one year older than Philip, but 
I think Philip would be back, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's a tag. Not a. You think so? Not a. Not a. Which which kind of sucks because then that means it's another proving. I'm like he's already proven it, but I don't know that that's a tough one. That that's that's a good question. That's a really tough one right now. The answer. We've we've talked about some of this on the the Tuesday night show, especially, and uh, there are going to be some. There's going to be some heartbreak this season. Somebody's going to go somewhere. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they ask Vaughn to restructure his contract. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, it's not just that you didn't, you know, re-sign Lindsay last season. And it's not just that you gave Melvin Gordon $15 million to fumble the ball, which he's done better. Don't be wrong. He, he, when, when the team uses both Lindsay and Gordon together as that one, two punch, it's awesome. Right. I think it's like a slap in the face. If I was Philip Lindsay, I would feel really disrespected. I'm yeah. just doing all I'm doing is sitting there on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I get handed the ball four times in a game mm-hmm. after I had two 1,000 yard rushing years for you back to back. At that point, it's like, you know, maybe this team, yeah, maybe you're offering me 15 million. This other team is offering me 12, but they're going to actually use me over there and my talents and my skills. You know, and this is, you know, we'll get into this when it comes to the off season, but there's some, I have some worries when it comes to the, the off season um, and maybe some heartbreak somewhere, hopefully not Philip Lindsay. Hopefully I'm, this is all just hot air and yeah, hopefully we're happens, just speculating but. falsely speculation. But, but the one thing I am nervous when it comes to Philip is, and we'll have to see what this injury is, is this quite a few injuries now stacking up for him that might yeah. go against his case and into the management case of, we don't want to sign this guy long-term because he's not reliable. Yeah. I don't know. That's it, going to be interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I I don't think Melvin Gordon's the answer. I, no, see, I don't see what Philip Lindsay can do. And, mm-hmm. you know, he bounced back from that first injury pretty well. Um, and now he got hurt earlier this season. I get it, but it's a rough season. You know, it's a rough season across the board. It's way too early for, I think, anyone to look at and say, well, he's injury prone. You're not mm-hmm. saying that you're trying to say that, but no, there no. are people yeah. out there yeah. who are already. And to those people, hold on, hold yeah. on. It's yeah. one year. <laughs> yep. Now, mm-hmm. calm down. <laughs> and I guess I don't want to jump too far ahead, but but um, my question to you is we're sitting here four and seven. So we got um, five games left. All right, five games left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you looking f- for the this team to show you going forward the next five games? What questions do you want answered? I guess. Man, that's a good one. I think a lot of it's going to revolve around Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. You know how because he's missed three weeks now he's that we didn't get to see now. him this 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 year, which is huge. Yeah, it is. And so, looking for um, a real improvement week by week, you know, and when you do take a step back, do you take another step back or do you take two forward kind of thing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, at this point you have enough experience under your belt that um, you should be getting it at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The injuries have been around for, for the whole season. Now you can't say, well, Cortland sun's now out there and you can't say that, mm-hmm. Oh, well, we didn't really have an off season, a preseason workout. Yeah. Those that's nobody all did. accurate. Nobody, nobody did. First off, nobody did. Second mm-hmm. off, this is beyond halfway through the season yeah. at this point. That shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing to, you know, to progress? Um, and it, I think it's going to give me a pretty good idea of if he's the answer or not. I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to be hundred percent certain. 
Sure. But if, if that's where a lot of it comes from, is is that the guy? Because look, you know, it comes to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, uh, uh, no Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant, um, you know, Garrett Bowles. We got mm-hmm. all these. You know, we have so much talent on the offense. Mm-hmm. That's set. You know, yep. I am not worried there. No, no, no. It's, it's the just, quarterback position. Yep. yep. He's got five games left. Three of them against division opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a big tell-all. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. play good against your division, which which he has against the Chargers and did get a win against the Raiders last year. But we'll see come down the stretch. Last year he started the last five games with four and one. What can he do the last five games this season? I mean, you're gonna have at Kansas City, at Carolina, Buffalo at home, at Chargers, and Vegas at home. No. Not the easiest of the five games, but there's some winnable ones there too. Right. Um, I mean. At minimum, I want to see two wins out of the next five games. I don't mm-hmm. think that's asking too much. No, I don't um, think so. six. It's not the season we all wanted or were hoping for, but it's it is what it is. It's where we're at right now. We can't do anything about that. But some progress has to be shown yep. to give you momentum going into next year. Yep, exactly. Um, I, and it doesn't matter what happens. I'm not going to be 100% certain one way or the other. Me neither. I'm going to have a pretty good idea. Yep. <laughs> you know. I keep saying that half like this time next year, we're all gonna know. Oh, you know. But yeah, we better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this time it, next it's year. gonna be an easy call this time next uh-huh. year. Yeah, he is the guy or two. Very clearly, he's not. Yeah, maybe there's a chance where we're like, eh, we're still not sure. We're pretty sure, but there's uh-huh. still some issues. Let's give him, you know. But I think it's, I think it's been pretty easy to tell. Either uh-huh. no, he's definitely not the guy, or. Yeah, he give him a couple more years, and he's definitely going to be that guy. Right now, mm-hmm. we're kind of like, well, I think if we give him a few more years, he should be there. But we're also seeing some not great stuff from yeah. him, so I don't know. It's like the flashes he shows is awesome. But then there's that inconsistency. It's like, mm-hmm. man, you should be more consistent by now this far into your second season, which I know a lot of people, it basically is his rookie year. I get that, but still. Um, second year in the offense, I should say. I mean, even though it's a different offense because new coordinator. I guess I'm going back on my words, but uh, <laughs> it's just a lack of consistency. That's that's the the worry. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. What about you? Are, are you looking for anything other than that? Just at least two wins. I mean, I, I would love to win all five. Don't get me wrong, but uh, this next week's got to be a tall task. Um, to be honest, uh, at Kansas City, uh, at this point, I'm hoping they just keep the Sunday night game. Because I think that would be neat. We haven't been on Sunday nights in 2017, so that, so that would be neat to be back on mm-hmm. Sunday night. Um, I don't know why it just would, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean that game is going to be tough. Buffalo will be tough, um, but the other three I think are gettable. The Raiders, mm-hmm. you never know. One week they look good, one week they look like trash. Uh, Chargers, yeah, Herbert's looking good, but the rest of the team's not looking so hot. And Carolina's finding ways to lose heartbreakers every week. So, <laughs> so two or three wins I think out of there would be. As of right now, I'd be pretty pleased with that. Yeah. But I, I just want to see good play out of lock and um, see this coaching staff up, improve the next five games. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, mm-hmm. So keep everybody healthy too. I don't, yeah. I don't want any more injuries. We've, we've had enough. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of this season in general, the health of the team. You know, yeah, it, it's just a frustrating year because I know it's a different year unlike anything we've ever seen but i know all of us in orange weekly finally thought this year is going to be the year to get <laughs> things kick-started into the right direction and it just hasn't played played out that way 
So yeah. You, you know what also doesn't tend to play out the way you want it to? What's that? You know, when you, you, need, you need insurance and you're on the side of the road and you need to call somebody because you've got an accident or something. And then you sit on the phone forever and you're like, this isn't how I, it's not playing out the way I thought it would. It's the worst. You know, it is the worst, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you want to avoid that, uh, you need to reach out to Centennial State Insurance Agency. Uh, they are a smaller insurance agency, but they will give you that uh, fantastic one-on-one -on -one customer service you're not going to get from anybody else. You're going to have a dedicated insurance agent when you need something. If you need something, God forbid, uh, they're going to be the ones you talk to. They know you. They know your family. They know your situation. They know exactly what's going on uh, based off what you tell them and how it applies to your insurance needs. And they're going to be able to take care of you. You're not going to be stuck on the road for 30 minutes, hoping that somebody in, in a foreign country eventually answers and Maybe their their name is Bob or something, but who knows, right? You're like, I've never talked to you before. So no, these guys are fantastic. And uh, so don't sit there and say, man, this isn't playing out the way I thought it would. You definitely <laughs> want to reach out to Centennial State Insurance Agency. It's going to play out for you exactly as you would expect it to play out for uh, any insurance needs. Their number is 303-838-0554, or you can find them on Facebook, Centennial State Insurance Agency. There you go. Beautiful. 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 Uh, one, other, <laughs> one other thing, I, or two other things I want to mention that I forgot about earlier. One, a good game by Brandon McManus. Awesome 58-yard field goal, which is his right. career long. Having a killer season. He's only missed one field goal, which was a 59-yard attempt. Um, I got That's an right. argument with my buddy today. He's a Dolphin fan. He was trying to tell me that Jason Sanders is the best kicker in the league. I'm like, mm -mm. That's number eight out in Denver. What? What? Which, which honestly, J J Tucker out of Baltimore is always a pick of mine too. He's, he's pretty nails. Um, but uh, I'm like, no. He goes, oh well, he, he you know he kicks in Denver the thin air. I'm like, don't give me that crap. You still got to be accurate. And yeah. he's been nails since he's got that four year extension. So I mean, I my confidence is as high as Mc in McManus as it's ever been. But um, my other point was, I think after what happened today. Not only will the Broncos have this, but I think every team in the league will have this. An emergency COVID quarterback that pretty much stays at home oh away from the team. We could well, have been doing that with Blake Bortles, to be honest. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because you know that NHL teams have an emergency goalie yes, in the I stands do. for yep. every game, right? Yep. I would figure that somebody is out there like, yeah, you know, this is uh, mm -hmm. practice on your own. You're not being paid by the team. Exactly, yeah. You know, but I mean, technically, you could put your practice squad. I mean, the Broncos are carrying four quarterbacks, including Bortles on the practice squad, right? And right. according to, um, I don't know who I was listening to the other day, one of the analysts, I might, might have been Cecil Lammy. He said, as of what he gets to see at practice, Bortles doesn't do anything. The only rep mm -hmm. he takes is like one rep. He could do that at home, yeah, away exactly. from the team. And then, so if you find yourself in a situation, which hopefully we don't have any more COVID Jeez, problems, right? Then you're okay because yeah, Bortles isn't good by any means, but he would have been at least experienced and know the playbook to come in and give the Broncos a better chance today. I think going forward after today, we will see every team kind of implement that a little bit in their plans. I think that's a smart play. I mean, the question is, oh, I, okay, quarterback is the most vital position. I was, yeah, you know, how far do you go with you know where do you draw the line? exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Now I do appreciate how the Broncos tried to convince the league to let them suit up their one of the coaches. Oh man, I applaud the effort. It I very, did too. It makes sense why the league said no. Yes, you don't want teams carrying on, you know, emergency players on their coaching staff. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, okay, okay. But I do appreciate the ingenuity because I would not have thought about that. No, and the guy it was their offensive control coach, I believe. Yeah. He had played at Central Florida quarterback back in 2012. So mm-hmm. it's been quite a few years since he's got a live action snap, but uh, he obviously knows the offense pretty well. So pretty yeah. pretty smart move to try to get it past by, but I understand why the NFL put the uh, put the no on that one. Mm. Because trust yeah. me, if they could have got maybe old seven, old number seven could have came out of retirement for one you day. You know what? You know what? Where's Peyton? Seriously, dude, we don't need you to throw. Just you know, read the defense for us. And that's the funny thing. Of course, when this came up yesterday, Twitter, you had oh. the Twitter group that wanted Kaepernick. Well, NFL oh. rule states a new signing has to go through all the COVID protocols and everything. They can't even do anything for six days. So all that was they don't know that because well, yeah, but thank God we had other people who actually were knowledgeable about the protocols and went back at them because I'm like, God, like yeah. are we gonna talk about this guy for the next freaking decade? He hadn't played in five years. Yeah. No, this is a situation where any quarterback the Broncos have, as soon as they, you know, that quarterback throws an interception or you know, doesn't complete a pass. We should have hired, you know, Kaepernick. We need to go out and get him right now. Like they have that like copied and pasted on their phone. Absolutely. So that as they something do. happens, boom, copy, paste, send. Like yep. that's how quickly it happens, right? You, so. You're 100% correct. <laughs> I'm so over it. I'm sorry. If you're a Carlin Kaepernick fan, listen to this. Sorry, I'm just over the guy. I, I've made my statement clear on this in the past. He got benched for a reason. He was for not reason. producing. He wasn't good. It wasn't because of all his other beliefs or whatever reason his play wasn't good. He hasn't played in a a game for five freaking years. Mm -hmm. I would rather take Paxton Lynch over him. You know what? I would too. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Tim Tebow. I take Tim Tebow back. Sure. Yeah. Sure. He could have ran around the guys that were respected in the locker room, you know? So, Yep. Now, dude, those people, I, I have to scroll through my phone faster because I'm like, oh, oh there's one, there's two. Okay, I should just, just go, go mute. Uh, I should go mute Colin Kaepernick on my Twitter and make my life easier, but I just don't take time to do it. Yeah, I should. Here's your homework, Tanner. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm going to do it right after we get off, off recording <laughs> this because I'm sure there'll be some other team that an injury or something happens. And yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do it when uh, Daniel Jones got hurt today for the Giants. There you go. I'll, uh, I'll talk to the uh, the pregame podcast guys and make sure they follow up with you and make sure that, uh, okay. that you actually that you're actually doing it. To I'm going to follow uh, through. Yeah. yeah, you're going to follow through because uh, like we keep bragging about how we're the better podcast, and I feel like we have to stick through like what we're saying we're going to do because oh, we have you know, to. It, it just it, it supports our statements, right? Yeah. So. If we don't if we don't follow through with anything, we can talk as much smack and make all the promises we want. But well, I mean, that's through then. That's what they do, but that's their job. If we don't fall through, we're coming down to their level. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. We're team puffball here, right? We come are. On, team team puffball all the way. Uh, you know, there's no Canadians trying to infiltrate our, our team here or anything. So No, we um, celebrate Thanksgiving on the right date. Yeah. There is a there's there's the American Thanksgiving and then there's nothing else matters. Yeah, they, you know. they probably need to ask Matt if they have like Canadian ham or something on Thanksgiving. Ooh, that's a good question. Actually, that, that does sound pretty good right now though. But Canadian, um, yeah. hmm. I will say the one Canadian guy I know, or one of the Canadian guys I know, I was talking to him not too long ago about Canadian Thanksgiving. He says, No, it's pretty similar to similar food you would see in the American Thanksgiving. Hmm. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Hmm. I want to know how many fires they have from fry, frying turkeys. 
That would be good to know. So, I mean, I fry a turkey pretty much every year, but yeah. I am incredibly, incredibly safe about it because I'm incredibly paranoid. I do not want to be a statistic, oh right? I would be but too. I just know there's a high number. So if, if they're saying like, oh yeah, it's it's pretty much like yours, I'd be like, mm, is it American though? Like, you yeah. could say, oh, the food's similar, but there's a, like a different level where it's like, yeah, this is, this is freaking America. You yeah, know? yeah. Exactly. We'll have to ask him about that. At least, at least his Falcons took care of the Raiders today. That put me in a you know little what? better mood. You know what? I don't. Ha- I can't give Matt crap. Then you're yeah. right. Yeah. Thank, they, thank you. They not only took care of him. They killed. Him. That was. I didn't see that coming. That was. I did forget about that. Yeah. So at least, at least that's good news. And and the Chargers lost today. So yes. So winning going for us. winning across the board. Are we mathematically eliminated? I really don't know. I don't think we are. To be honest, I haven't checked. But I don't. I don't think so. We'd probably have to win out though. Because okay. it's so bundled, it's so jumbled up. I mean, you got the Browns right now. They're the worst eight and three team I've ever seen in my freaking life. Right. But they actually today I read now with their eighth win for the first time in twelve years they will not have a losing season, which was the second longest drought in NFL history. <sighs> like they're probably gonna sneak into playoffs, and it's like who's the longest drought? Well, I don't. I don't. Somebody. In, Back in the day, somebody went longer oh. than 12 years without a winning season. So I don't know who that would have been. Huh. I have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Intriguing. So, yeah. I thought Brown, you meant like currently. No, the Browns haven't made the playoffs since 02, but their last right. winning season was in um, 08, 12 years right. ago. So, or only uh, the last 500 seasons, I should say. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yep. You never know, man. Hey, so could, it, could be, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. I mean, you know, we, we are still part of the best uh, fan base in the league. hundred so. percent. And, and I just want to say this one more time for everybody out there. Cause I'm sure everybody agrees. Kendall Hinton. Holy crap. I mean, fantastic job. You, yep. you did. Hat. You did more than I think what anybody could have expected you to do. I mean, I cannot imagine being in issues. Absolutely. cannot. I, I, I couldn't imagine getting hit on my ass by Cameron Jordan, especially that second time. That was a shot. Yeah. I would just lay there and be like, okay, I'm done. Uh, well, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've taken I'm enough dead. today. I didn't sign up for this, but he didn't, he got his butt you back not up. not paying me enough for this. And I think Fangio called him out after the game, like incredibly proud of the fight. I think all the guys after the great game yeah. were coming up and giving them props because he went to battle and yep. they tried to battle with him. And uh, so I, I give all, all the guys who suited up today, kudos because that's, about the toughest position I've, I've ever seen an NFL team put in. Well, we lived through it. Yep. So I think we said at the beginning of the show, you know, this is a glad we're talking about it. Um, but it's definitely one to write down in the books and then throw that book in the back and then light that book on fire. And yes, <laughs> it's a very forgettable game, but one will look on like in a decade and be like, yeah. you remember in that crappy remember season 2020, but we're, uh, Kendall Hinton had a suit up as the backup wide receiver on the practice squad to play quarterback, and yeah. we'll all have a good chuckle out of it. Probably, hopefully. Because by that time, hopefully, we'll have another rain or two in the next oh. decade. Oh, 100%. <laughs> we'll get there. We're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to get there, man. Rome so. wasn't built overnight. 100%. You know, <laughs> one day at a time, one game at a time, one season at a time. We're, yep. we're getting there. There are some big yep. issues, ownership, but there is. There we'll, absolutely, we'll but there's, there. there's light at the end of the tunnel. So. Yep. But. Anyway, man, well, uh, here we are, and just uh, – I'm not heartbroken. I'm no, not, I'm not. I'm just, it's, it's I mean, I was, I was more pissed and frustrated just the position the team was in. Um, yeah. you know, like I said, I was already kind of convinced going in I was expecting a loss, which always is a crappy feeling. But uh, we'll see how they rebound. 
this coming week. Right. It's going to be a tall task, but uh, hey. I just want to see some fight. Time to beat the Chiefs. If yeah, anything, we're, if we anything, are due. We are due. Beat the Chiefs. This at is least, at least a, give them a really competitive game. I mean, the Chargers took them into overtime. The Raiders beat them once, and honestly, probably should have beat them again. Yeah, let that one slip. So, uh, yeah, it, it's time. It's time to punch them in the mouth. Let's do it. I'm yep. all for it. So. Me too. Hey, Tanner. Thanks, as usual. Good conversation. It's always fun, Kev. Dan, glad to thanks. be back this week. Sorry I had to miss last no. week. Of course, had to miss a win. No, no, about. that's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, the, the Canadian stood in for you. I missed you. I think I even mentioned in the beginning I, I missed you. <laughs> you did. Um, yes, but... I appreciate that. So I won't stick <laughs> you with the Canadian the rest of the year, I, I promise. <laughs> he's going to kill that's me. Okay. This. He's uh you know, he's okay. He's cool. The way he talks with that, you know, South Park Canadian accent, though, it's kind of <laughs> weird. But, hey, guy. Anyway, we're not, we're not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> Tanner, thanks a lot, man. Broncos country, Absolutely, thanks man. for listening. Um, I think we only got one thing left to say, bud. Go Broncos. Go. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.